uh, I wasn't with y'all last week. We pre-recorded our message last week. And last week we spoke about listening. And it was a, a message called the attentive ear. And if you uh, don't remember what the message was or if you missed it, I want to encourage you to go back and uh, listen to a uh, re-listen to that message. But in short, when we look at that message, we, uh, we came to understand what is needed for us as we navigate through the world and what it means for us to be a people who listen and listen attentively to, uh, 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 to the instruction or to the path that God wants to take us on. And I said at the end of last week's message that we're going to explore what it means for us to hear the voice of God. We're going to take this to a deeper place this morning. Oftentimes I hear that people have challenges in their lives, specifically challenges in hearing from God. People say, oh my goodness, I used to hear from God, but I feel like I don't hear from God anymore. Is there something wrong with me? Did I do something wrong? Why doesn't God speak to me? Or I have also heard from people, you know, People always talk about that they hear from God, but I've never heard from God before. God has never spoken to me. I've never heard him tell me something audibly or lead me in a path that I know that it's his voice. And a lot of times from both sides, people are frustrated. And I mean, think about it. It's a frustrating thing. When you are in relationship, if you, you say that you're in relationship with somebody, you want to know that you can hear their voice, right? That you get to hear from them. It's something that comes up a lot in especially romantic relationships. Typically in a romantic relationship, I shouldn't say typically, but sometimes, there's a person who's more vocal and more transparent and more vulnerable and speaks a lot more about their thoughts and feelings and experiences. And then there's another person who maybe isn't as vocal, isn't as transparent, isn't as, as vulnerable as that person. And what happens? Usually the more vulnerable person asks the less vulnerable person to speak. I need to hear from you. I need to know what you're going through. I, I need to know what your thoughts and your feelings are. You don't talk to me. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you've gone through in your day. Please have a conversation with me. I need to know you. We desire that from people we love. And it's the same with God. We want to hear from God, right? We want to hear from God. It's important for us to hear from God and what he has to say, but sometimes it's harder than other times. As we walk through the message, the focus and what I want for you to walk away with is a practical, easy understanding of what you can do and how you can move to a place where you hear God's voice more clearly and more frequently. That's the desire of today, all right? So the title of today's message is called, Listen, the Voice of God. We already read through the text, so we don't have to go through it again, and we know that we are focusing on Samuel. You see, just to give you a little backdrop, Samuel is at a young age, and he hears the voice of God. And his experience of hearing God's voice is one that we can learn from, and we can learn how to better hear God's voice. Ready? Let's take it into the first thing that sticks out with Samuel. First and foremost, if we read the text, we need to understand that you need to be in the right place at the right time with the right focus to hear from God. Mm, let's, let's walk this through. Now, make sure you understand what Samuel's story is all about. So if you don't know the story of Samuel, Samuel comes from, uh, was born from a woman named Hannah. Hannah could not have any children. 
she was barren. So she goes before the Lord and says, Lord, if you give me a son, I promise to dedicate him to your service, right? And dedicate him to the temple. So that's what, that's what uh, she makes a promise to him. And God actually brings that promise to Hannah. He fulfills his promise to Hannah. Hannah ends up having a son, and when he becomes of the proper age, she dedicates him to the Lord's service, and he, and he works in the temple. So what we find, first and foremost, where was Samuel? Come on, if you're paying attention. Where was Samuel? He is in the, he's in the temple. He's in close proximity to where God is. He's in closeness. He's living really near to God. But what we also see is that Samuel chooses, ready, to be in the right place at the right time in order to hear from God. Ready? Let's look at verse 3 really quickly in what it says in 1 uh, Samuel chapter 3. It says, Samuel was lying down in the Lord's house. That's where the ark of God was kept. The Lord of God was, excuse me, the lamp of God was still burning. So, guys, do we understand the significance of the ark? Do you know what the ark was? The ark was the, 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 the spirit, the earthly symbol that carried God's presence. In fact, you can say it was an earthly manifestation of the Spirit of God. So, if he is sleeping near the Ark of the Covenant, what we need to keep in mind is that he is in close proximity to the Holy Spirit. But it was a choice for him to be there. If we read, he slept in the temple. He chose to be close to the ark. When we read earlier, it says that Eli was in his usual place and Samuel was in the, uh, Samuel was in the temple. We don't necessarily know the whole significance of that, but what we can glean from that is that there is a pattern to what they were doing. It was probably a pattern for Samuel to sleep in the temple close to the ark. You see, the problem is, listen... A lot of us here have accepted Jesus. We say that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, correct? Like many of you would profess Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and say you're in relationship with Jesus. And, and what does the scripture say? If we accept Jesus into our lives, we also have the Holy Spirit living within us. Amen? Amen. So what does that mean? If we have the Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity, living inside of us, we are in close proximity to God, right? If the Holy Spirit's living inside of me, it means that I'm living really close to him. And yet, well, before I get there, you can be in close proximity to something and still be disconnected. You could be standing really close to something or someone and still not be close. Sometimes we confuse proximity with position. What does that mean? It means that we haven't made the intentional choice to position our focus and our attention to something or someone. Uh, walk through this. What makes a family? 
If you were to ask someone today what makes a family, you would probably say people that are either A, biologically related, or B, people who live in the same house. And even from a governmental standpoint, if you do your taxes, you are, uh, you are understood as a household, right? And people consider households as families. Are people who live in a household in close proximity together? Yes or no? Answer yes or no. But how often do people who are living closely together in the same house far apart emotionally? They don't understand each other. They don't even speak to each other. They don't care about each other. They just happen to live in the same house. They live in close proximity, but the position and the focus of, 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 of their emotional hearts are far apart from each other. Listen, it is your position, your focus, and your orientation. That is what truly allows for you to hear the voice of God. We're going to demonstrate this in live focus right now. I'm going to have Lynn come up because she, she, she said she'd be my volunteer this morning. And we're going we're gonna to demonstrate this right here, right now, right? So, so uh, Lynn's going to stand on that side of the stage, maybe about six feet away from me, right? Yeah, right, right about there, right? So if Lynn is six feet away from me, um, um, can I ask you guys a question? Is she in, actually, come, come a little closer. Come, come, come right here. So you can be, there we go. So, y'all, is Lynn close to me? Are we in the same location? Is our proximity close? Our proximity is close, right? But where is our attention? Where is it? Forward. Am I, I might be looking at Lynn, but where's Lynn looking? And then if I look forward and Lynn's looking at me, where am I looking? Are we connected by any sort of way? No. Right? Even if, we could turn back to back, even if we stand like this, right? Are we as close as we can possibly be? Where is our, where is our position? Where is our focus? On the opposite side, correct? Now, what happens if she turns this way and looks at me? Right? In fact, what if she takes a step back and I take a step back? Are we as close as we were before? But where's our positioning? We are, we're looking at each other. In fact, Lynn, get out of, get, move back to the furthest part of this. We are as far apart as we can, thank you. We are as far apart as we could possibly be right now, right? But where's her attention? Where's her positioning? She has positioned her focus to me. So if I need to say something to Lynn, if she needs to read my lips, she can do so. Why is that? Because she's facing me. She's looking at me. You see the, thank you, Lynn. See, the issue that happens is too often you confuse closeness or proximity to God, being in, accepting God into your heart, going to church, having a Bible on your bookstand, maybe saying a prayer or two every now and then. You confuse that as positioning of your heart. You need to make sure that if you're going to be with God, you're not only close to him, but you are orienting your focus and your attention in God's direction. Can I get an amen, somebody? 
That needs to be the focus. You need to make sure if you're going to hear the voice of God that your attention is with him. Do you know that there are times where you can feel far away from God, but you can still hear his voice? Things can be damaging in your life, and you can feel as if God is far, but because your orientation hasn't changed, you can still hear his voice. There are times where also where things are going great, things are going swell, and you're like, why can't I hear the, fo- the voice of God? So I leave you with this question. If you can't hear the voice of God this morning, where is your position? Proximity is important, but your focus has to be on God. Secondly, the voice of God comes in the stillness. Ooh, this is a big one. Ready? Let's, let's walk through. Let's walk through this. Let's go back really quickly in the text and read verses 2 and 3. Ready? It says, one night Eli was lying down in his usual place. Samuel was lying down in the Lord's house. Guys, there's a word there that's the operative word. What's the word that maybe points out what it means for stillness? There's one word. What's the word for stillness here? Who can pick up on it? What is it? Night. Night. Let me ask you a question. You ever been in an old house in the middle of the night? And you hear, you hear the wood creaking, you hear the heat, right? And then imagine trying, and imagine if you're sleeping by yourself. You sleep by yourself. Fall asleep. You flinch every five seconds. Why is that? Do you hear those same noises in the day? No, you don't hear those same noises in the day. Why don't you hear those noises in the day? Because you are distracted by other things that are going. But in the stillness of the night, you hear things that you would otherwise miss during times of busyness or chaos. You see, what we need to recognize is that Samuel not only positioned himself in the place where he could hear God's voice. He also allowed for himself to be in a place of stillness so that he can hear God speak to him. The same thing happened to the prophet Elijah when we read in, uh, in, 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 in the Old Testament. God needed to speak to Elijah, and even more importantly, Elijah needed to speak with God. His heart was tormented. He was afraid for his life. So God is about to speak to Elijah, and the Bible tells us that there's a mighty wind woo, 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 that goes through, and Elijah thinks, all right, God's about to speak to me. No God's voice. And then Elijah thinks, oh, there's an earthquake. God's about to speak to me. This is it. God doesn't speak. And then there's a great fire. And and Elijah says, this has to be the moment where God speaks. And still God doesn't speak. And then it becomes quiet. And guess who shows up to speak to him? God shows up in the silence. God shows up in the stillness. The problem why we don't hear the voice of God anymore is because we are fearful of being in silence with him. We don't set the time and the space to be in stillness waiting for God to speak with us. Let me tell you this this morning. Without silence, it will be nearly impossible for us to consistently hear from God. If your lives are too busy, if you're running around, if you're doing, 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 
It is foolish to think that you are going to be able to hear the voice of God. God can't speak to us in the noise of busyness because busyness is often the thing that keeps us from acknowledging, recognizing, and accepting what is really going on in our lives. How many of you use busyness as a distraction? If something's going bad in your family, you get busy. Something's going wrong in your relationship, you get busy. If you got feelings that you don't know what's going on, but you don't want to take a look and find out because it might be too hard or too painful, you get busy. We get busy and we don't take time to come to a still place and understand what's going on inside of us. And if we don't know what's going on in our lives, there's absolutely no way for us to come to the knowledge of the things and places in our lives where God wants to speak to you. If you don't know what you're feeling on the inside and you don't acknowledge what you're feeling on the inside, there's no way that God's going to have the space to be able to come and talk to you. You have to be willing to get to a place of being quiet because in the silence comes elevation of existence. So let me tell you this. Schedule your silent time with God. Schedule periods of silence with God. And when you schedule periods of silence with God, you need to be clear, you need to be consistent, and you need to be conscious or intentional. You need to be clear. This is the time that I'm going to set a time with God. I'm going to take 20 minutes in the morning, every morning, to just sit and be with God. You need to be consistent. I'm going to do this, and listen to me, right? Maybe you got to start small. I'm going to start to do this three times a week where I'm going to set 15 minutes on Mondays and Wednesdays and Saturdays to be with God, right? Maybe seven days a week might be too hard. There's this, there's this misunderstanding in our culture that if you don't go super, super, super hard, you're not a believer. God appreciates the little things and the baby steps. If you can be faithful in the baby steps, God's going to elevate you. So maybe you set those 15 minutes aside, but you got to be consistent. And you also got to be conscious. You got to be intentional. If you're going to spend time with God, let me tell you something. Get rid of this. Get rid of the phone. Get rid of the electronics. Get rid of all the distractions. Get rid of the things that can block you from being intentional with God. I actually encourage you, if you're going to be intentional with God, don't use the Bible app. Use the actual Bible. Start there. Because what happens, we all know it, we get on the Bible app, we get a notification, and all of a sudden, we're back on Instagram. Real talk, right? So, the truth of the matter is, be intentional, be conscious about what you're going to do. You have to do that if you want to hear God speak to you. Third thing that I want you to understand is that the voice of God is clear. So, walk of shame, I threw my phone, I got to go pick it up now. <laughs> So, 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 the voice of God is clear. Let's take one look, one more look at Samuel chapter 3. Ready? Samuel hears God's voice. Not once, not twice. How many times did Samuel hear God's voice? Come on, y'all. Say it like you mean it. How many times? He heard God's voice three times. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says Samuel didn't know the Lord yet. That's because the Lord still hadn't given him his message. Yo, there's something really crazy about that passage. Remember, where was Samuel? In the ark? In the, in the temple? In the room where the ark of the covenant was. So he was close to God. He positioned himself to God. But when we use the word no, it's not like, hey, I know Lynn, right? It's, 
how intimately he knew God. Samuel didn't know God intimately yet. He didn't come to the knowledge just yet of what it means to be in a deep relationship with God. And because of that, God's plan was not revealed to Samuel just yet. Just yet. He didn't know the direction where God was going to take him. So Samuel was so confused that after going back three times, Eli recognized what was happening. And Eli said, you know what? I think God is trying to talk to you. I want to point this out here. And this is a little aside. Sometimes we have a hard time hearing the voice of God. We're trying to figure it out and we don't know. Make sure you have someone experienced in your life that can help you discern whether the voice of God is speaking to you or not. Sometimes we try to figure out if God is speaking to us and we really don't know if God is speaking to us or not. We need to have someone else who's walked with God, who has experience with God, who's in deep relationship with God, and that can sit with you and help you understand, hey, I actually think that this is the voice of God who's knocking on you. This is God. And that's what, Sam, that's what Eli says to Samuel. He says, Samuel, God's trying to talk to you. And if God's trying to talk to you, you need to respond, respond to the voice of God and say, Lord, I'm listening. You see, the voice of God is distinct. The problem isn't whether God is speaking. The problem is whether you're able to distinguish the voice of God from all the other voices. You see, what happened, he went to Eli because he thought it was Eli's voice. He didn't recognize God's voice. Sometimes the issue that happens for us is we have a hard time knowing what God's voice sounds like. I'm going to be, dis- I'm going to be, and, and, and I'm going to be very transparent with y'all about this right here, right now. Ready? So, despite my age, I'm, I'm still fairly young, even though my knees really hurt in the morning, but that's a personal problem. I'm still really young, and I've been blessed to have a lot of experience in public speaking and sharing God's word. And the beauty of that is, for the most part, ready? For the most part, I can tune out any noise in a sanctuary. Like if there's a baby crying in the background, it doesn't bother me. I can stay focused. My mom was making a lot of noise before back then. I was able to tune it out. I do good with that stuff. It doesn't bother me. I can keep going. But y'all, let me tell you. There is one thing that I've learned that will throw me off my game. And I mean throw me off royally when I'm speaking. And it's my kids. And here at Radiate, we've had the wonderful opportunity in our short history together to have one moment that will go down in Radiate history as an epic, legendary moment in time. We're actually going to play that moment for you right here, right now. Go ahead, Gary. Play To continue the journey to the place where God had called him. Oh, no. Do you see my face? One more time, listen. Called him. Oh, no. Look one more time. Called him. Oh, no. Look into my eyes. Look into my eyes. Look, look in, look into my eyes. Y'all, 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 y'all. Let me tell you why that moment was so big. That was my eldest daughter, Ava. And long story short, she happened to get a microphone in the middle of church. And she said, there's an open mic. I know how these work. She turned it on and she went. And because I heard the voice of my daughter, it stopped me 
right in my tracks. And because I know my daughter, walk with me here, because I know my daughter, so many thoughts came up in my head. I had the thought, how did she get the microphone? What is she going to say next? Is she going to embarrass me? Is she going to stop? Is someone down there to get it? Those are all the thoughts that I heard in my brain. But they all came because I knew the voice of my daughter. I can pick my daughter's voice out in a crowd. I can, it could be a room full of 100 people, and if one of my kids scream, I'll hear their voice and I'll know who it is. And depending on how the scream sounds, I can determine what's going on. That oh no was a, oh no, I'm ready. She was ready to have some fun. I use that example to say this. When you know the voice of God, it sticks out to you like a clear, clear, clear sound in the midst of all the noise. When you know the voice of God, you know you can even anticipate what he's going to say to you next because you're used to hearing his voice and you know what comes with his voice when he speaks to you. When you know the voice of God, you don't make a mistake of who's talking. You don't get confused of who's speaking. You know exactly who it is. You know it's your father trying to talk to you. Nothing else will stop you. Nothing else can distract you. Nothing else will get your attention when you know the voice of your father. Because his voice is clear, his voice is sound, and his voice is direct. Hearing the voice of God requires us to know him intimately. Because when you can pick up on his voice, when he speaks to you, you come to sharp attention. Just like I came to attention when Ava picked up a microphone. You need to know God's voice because it's clear. You need to begin to be able to pick it out in a crowd. If God were to speak to you right here, right now, would you recognize his voice? Or would you think that it's someone else? Even more so, if someone else were to try to speak to you and say that God is talking to you, would you be able to pick out whether it's God or not? Would you be able to discern if it's actually God? Do you know his voice and his patterns intimately enough to know this is actually God trying to speak to me? You need to put yourself in positions where you can come to the knowledge of knowing his clear voice intimately. That's important because, and this is where we're, we're heading to the, to the end here. This is a hard part. The voice of God shares what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. Ah. So finally, Samuel answers God. And if we read verses 11 through 15, we're going to do that right now. Pick up on what happens here. The Lord said to Samuel, pay attention. I'm about to do something terrible in Israel. I will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. All the time I will do everything to Eli. At that time, I will do everything to Eli and his family that I said I would do. I will finish what I have started. I told Eli I will punish his family forever. He knew his sons were sinning. He knew that they were saying th bad things about me. In spite of that, he did not stop them. 
So I made a promise to the family of Eli. I said, the sins of Eli's family will never be paid for bringing sacrifice, by bringing sacrifices or offerings. Samuel laid down until the morning. Listen, he opened the doors of the Lord's house. He was afraid to tell Eli about the vision that he had received. Y'all, I feel for Samuel. Like, when I read this, I was like, yo, imagine being in his shoes. Imagine, it's like, God, you have something to say to me? Oh, snap, I'm ready to hear your voice. This is going to be dope. And then you get the message, and essentially, it's not good. It's uncomfortable. God is asking you to do something to step outside of your comfort zone. In Samuel's case, he has to give this news to his spiritual leader and his mentor. Imagine if God spoke to you directly and you knew it was God's voice, God's voice, and God had a message that you had to give me as your spiritual leader, as your mentor, as a pastor. Imagine what it would feel like for you if God gave you that and you knew it wasn't good. You see, too often we avoid the voice of God because we are fearful that if we listen to what he says, he's going to tell us something that we need to hear and not what we want to hear. And it's going to make us uncomfortable. It's going to cause us to itch and feel awkward and not feel good and be scared and be anxious and be worried. So we stay away from God like we stay away from the plague. Because we'd rather remain in our comfort zone. But Samuel teaches us a really wonderful lesson. He says the next morning, he shares what God told him. And Eli, after hearing what God says to Samuel, Eli says, shortly, he's God. Let it be so. There are two things that we can walk away with here. If we act in response to the voice of God... We need to know and believe that he has already set up the outcome to be exactly what he intended to be, not what you feared. Let me say that one more time. If you're listening to the voice of God and you actually do what he asks you to do, if you act and you obey what he has told you to do, you need to believe that the outcome is going to be what God intended for you, not the thing that you are afraid of. Too often, it's the fear that keeps us. But you need to believe, like it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that I have plans for you, not to harm you, not to hurt you, but to give you a hope and a future. And when you respond to the voice of God, that he is putting you on that path. Can I get an amen, somebody? Secondly, we also need to keep this in mind. When we respond to the voice of God, it propels us towards the purpose that God had for our lives. When we read Samuel 23 uh, verses um, uh, uh, um, 19, through, 19 through 21, we see it and it says this, ready? It says, as Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him. He made everything Samuel said, said, said excuse me, everything Samuel said come true. So all the Israelites recognized that Samuel was really a prophet of the Lord. Even everyone from Dan all the way to Beersheba knew it. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. Then he made himself known to Samuel through the messages that he gave him. You see, Samuel's initial response and obedience to the voice of God 
launched him into the place where God was taking him his entire life. Your response to God launches you into the purpose that God has given you. Let me say this again. If you listen to the voice of God and you act and you obey what he says and where he takes you, it launches you into the direction that God set for you before you were even born. Can I get an amen? Your response to the voice of God launches you into your purpose. He may ask you to do something that you don't really want to do. He may ask you to do something that you don't really want to say. He may require something of you that you think you can't give. But I need to tell you this, and I need you to walk away with it today. If you seek after God, he will reveal. If you listen to God, he will respond. And if we obey him, he will reward. So make a commitment this morning. And say to yourself, I want to hear the voice of God. If that's you, walk away with the tenets of, of our scripture today. Walk away with where we landed. That we need to be in the right place at the right time with the right position to hear the voice of God. That we need to have periods of stillness and being locked in to hearing what God has to say. That we need to know that God's voice is clear and we need to be listening for God's voice and know him intimately. And that we also need to know that what God's going to share with us is what we need, not what we want. If that's the commitment that you make this morning, position yourself into orienting to hear God's voice. Make a choice today to dedicate yourself to spending time to learn and hear the voice of God. Sometimes God's voice shows up and it's like thunder and you can make it out in a cloud and uh, make it out in a crowd. And other times you need to put yourself in places where you learn who God is and what his voice sounds like. So today I'm going to pray a special prayer for all of us. I believe that God, when he speaks to us, he wants you to know, when I talk to you, my child, I got you, and I got this. I got you, and I got this. I just need for you to listen to me. We're going to make a commitment. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer today, and we're going to pray that we can all hear the voice of God more clearly. Let me say this. I want to hear the voice of God more clearly. I need to hear the voice of God more clearly. 2020 and 2021 have been a wild year, and it feels like it's harder to hear God's voice now than it has ever been in my entire life. And I still make a commitment that I want to hear the voice of God more clearly. If that's you this morning and you say, I need to hear God's voice, pray with me right here, right now. And for those of you that are home, you can pray the same prayer right here, right now. If you want to hear the voice of God and you want to make a commitment, let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you so much that you give us examples of what it is to hear your voice. Lord, Samuel is such a great exam example of what it means for us to be ready and willing to hear your voice. But Lord, we ask that you help us position our hearts to a place where we are focused on you. Lord, help us be comfortable in the stillness and the discomfort of silence. Father, let us be reminded that our voice is clear. It's not that you aren't speaking, it's that we have to make it out. That your voice is clear to us, Father God. Let us hear your voice. And Father, remind us that when you speak to us, that what you tell us is what we need, not what we want. And that if we follow you, Father, 
that you have already set the outcome up in its place for us, Father, and that you are launching us into the purpose that you need us for us to be. Father, we want to hear you. So like Samuel, we say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. We say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Wherever you are, as we end in prayer, just say this to yourself. Say, speak, Lord, for I am listening. Speak, Lord, for I am listening. Amen. As we pray in the end for today, I pray that you hear God's voice more clearly. I hear that you make time for God. I pray that you make time for God. And I pray you be ready to hear what he has to say to you. And that you know he's taking you where 